Well, hello, everybody. I'm Rick Dancer, and I'm going to lock myself down here in the uh, Rick Dancer Get Real Suite headphones. So now I'm ready to go. Uh, we're going to have a great show for you. I think there's a lot of people that are concerned for good reason, uh, the future of farming in America. But I spent the day uh, recently at Broadwater High School here in Townsend, Montana, uh, in the ag class hanging out with kids, uh, listening to their stories. Some of them are ranch kids, some of them are farm kids, and some of them are urban kids who live right here in Townsend. Um, then I talked with the teacher, the ag teacher at the school. And after doing that, I have great hope um, for our country, especially once you meet these kids. You will be uh, charmed by them, I'm sure, as I was. Um, let's get down to our sponsors real fast. We cannot do our show without sponsors, and we have some great people. You'll be hearing from them throughout the show. Um, a couple of new sponsors here in Montana. Uh, one of them is Fairway Independent Mortgage Company. Greg Hinkle is a friend of mine. Uh, moved from Oregon here in January of 22. Been working in mortgages and financial stuff for a long time. Um, he wants to help you create generational wealth uh, through real estate, and he understands how it works. And for those of you who are thinking of moving from Oregon to Montana, well, first of all, remember, there are grizzly bears here. <laughs> they will eat you. Uh, bison are mean, and so are moose. And last night, it was minus 35. But if you still want to do that, there are some rules that have that you need somebody like Greg who can get you from Montana to Oregon and he can help you. But he's also here to help folks in Montana as well. We appreciate his support very, very much. Also, um, Montana Oral Surgery and Dental Implant Center. You'll be hearing from them to find out what they do. But one of the things I like the best is when you need an oral surgeon, uh, they have sedatives <laughs> to make the experience less traumatic. And I'm all into sedatives when it comes to medical treatment. So you'll be hearing from them in a little bit as well. They do this because they uh, want you to know who they are, but they also want to support our community and Townsend is part of their community. Chris Dental Family Dentistry out of Eugene, Oregon, Dr. Michael Bratlin. They do dentures and implants and they do uh, medical work and all the, all the dental stuff that you need done, hygiene. He's my dentist. I still go back to Oregon and have him take care of me. Uh, he's a good guy and one of our big sponsors. And also, um, we'll be hearing a little bit in our next show from BS Free MD. Uh, they're a sponsor. They do a podcast. I'm just mentioning them here. You'll see them on another show. But uh, BS Free MD, they do a podcast on medical issues. Two doctors out of Oregon, uh, really good people. And they hit some really... Um, controversial topics. You will enjoy it. So here, let's get right down to the farm. So yesterday was bring your tractor to school day. And so we found this young man named Nolan, who turns out to be a pretty darn good kid. And he took us for a little cruising on the gut. I taught him a couple of things about what it means to cruise the gut. Am I getting you out of class? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> get, out, get out of English. That's kind of nice, huh? Yeah. So how old are you, Nolan? I'm 16. So you do this, this is, you guys live on a farm? Yeah. What do you do? Uh, we do mostly hay, then we have some cows and do a little bit of wheat. So what do you like about Townsend? It's small. That's the, that's the nicest thing. I don't think I've ever ridden in one of these before. Yeah? Yeah. It's kind of fun. This is my first time ever driving one in town. Seriously? Yeah. You usually just drive it on the street? I mean, at home? Yep. 
So is this legal? I think so. <laughs> they, they let us do it, so must be. You know what you should do? Let's go drag the guy. <laughs> Want to drag the guy? Do you know what that means? I don't. No. Okay, that means that's when you go drive right, right down Main Street. Yeah, I did that this morning. Okay, let's go drag. That's called dragging the gut. So Nolan and I are going to go drag the gut of Townsend. So what do you want to be when you grow up? A farmer. A farmer? Yeah. Why? Uh, I really enjoy it. I find it lots of fun. What, what's fun about it? Uh, I, get, I get to work a lot, and I love to work. You love to work? Yeah. And you're how old? 16. Oh my God. I found a 16-year-old who loves to work. Is that pretty common around here, do you think? Uh, maybe a little bit. Well, and you work hard, too, don't you? Because, I mean, working on a farm, you're not sleeping in. Yeah. I, I get up at about um, 7, 7.30, and then I go, and I go and I change the water, wheel lines and hand lines, and then I get back, and then I change. Usually by then I'm all wet. And then uh, might be raking. Uh, grandma cuts hay, and then... Your yeah. grandma cuts hay? Yep. But she's probably my age, huh? She's 70-ish. Okay, she's a little older than me. And then we got, and then so she cuts the hay, and then I will tet it, which spreads it all out so it'll dry quicker. And then we have a group of people that will rake it, and then it could sit for a day or two, and then we bale it. So what do you love about Montana? Uh, I, lo I love how many little people there are. You don't like a lot of people? No. Do you miss not having a movie theater? Yeah, I heard there used to be one in town, but I, there hasn't been one since I was born. Have you ever been to a mall? Yeah. Were you impressed? No. <laughs> Do you hunt? Yes. Do you fish? A little bit, sometimes. So you are a true country kid? I guess. You know, you need shocks on this tractor. Yeah, this one's really bouncy. <laughs> so what do you like about ag class? Uh, we do lots of fun projects. Such as? Uh, well, last week we went out to a farm and helped shear some sheep, which I've never done that before. Did you actually shear them? No, they had some professionals doing that. We just gave injections and banded tails and stuff. Because that's pretty, that's pretty intense, huh? Yeah, they're, they're really fast. Oh my god, it's like watching a... Yeah, it's yeah. pretty impressive, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Really, I haven't seen Yellowstone. Yet. You've never watched Yellowstone? No. What is your... Are, what concerns you about Montana growing? Because it is growing, huh? Uh, well, it's getting closer to the farm, which I don't like because then there's more traffic. And so there's less driving for us young kids. And, I don't know. I just hope it's... I hope Townsend stays this big for so do you pay attention much to the world out there? What's going on? Not really. I hear some sometimes, but not very much. Do you ever scratch your head and think, what in the world is going on? Yeah. There's a few things I've heard, yeah. Well, Nolan, thanks for the ride, man. Yeah. It was nice meeting you. Yeah, nice You seem like too. a good kid. Thank you. I think my mom watches your videos sometimes. Does she? I think so, yeah. Good. You tell her, well, thank you, and I All appreciate right. that.
All right. And when we come back, uh, you're going to meet some more great kids from Broadwater High School. We're going to talk to the leadership at the Future Farmers of America and find out more about Montana and living here and what it's like to be a kid here and why agriculture is so important to them. We'll be right back. The sort of things that are within our scope of practice are going to be extractions, dental implants, helping patients prepare for dentures or partials. We're essentially that last stop um, when a tooth is no longer viable and can't be retained and needs to be replaced. So why do they need to go see an oral surgeon? Usually it's because of their medical history uh, or the, the technical nature of extracting that particular tooth because your teeth have different shapes and anatomy depending on um, you know, where they are in the mouth and what their function is. And if it's a really complicated extraction or if the patient has a really complicated medical history that needs um, a medical expertise, the surgeons that we have, that they have that additional training in residency. Yes, and that's actually, that's another reason that people will find themselves in an oral surgery practice is that one of the things that's unique about us is that we do sedation, um, sedation care for most of our patients. So a lot of our patients, either the complexities of their treatment is, is gonna be the sort of thing that you don't wanna, you don't wanna experience and remember, or they're really anxious and they, again, don't wanna remember the experience. So there are a lot of people, I think, coming out of COVID who really put on the back burner some areas of their medical or dental health. And so we've had a lot of patients who need our services. I am very much into sedation. <laughs> if I'm going to have a medical procedure, I do not want to remember it. So again, that's the uh, that's one of our new sponsors, and uh, you really need to check them out. They're in Helena. They have offices in Bozeman, also Butte, and there's a fourth location. And I'm going to learn it, but I can't remember at this moment where it is. But I will get that down. <laughs> we'll get her. Now we had a chance to sit down and talk to some great kids. Um, and then in a little bit, we're going to also talk with their ag teacher uh, about what she's going for. But here's the kids. Hi, my name is Michaela Kraft. I'm the Broadwater FFA reporter. I'm Amanda Pasiska. I'm the Broadwater FFA secretary. Hi, my name is Jacob Pasiska, and I'm the Broadwater FFA president. I'm Ross McDonald, and I'm the treasurer of Broadwater FFA. Okay, so my question for you guys is, why is FFA becoming so popular in Townsend? And just look at me and I'll come right to you. So FFA is really agricultural based, of course, Future Farmers of America. So being able to be a Montana, a farming and ranching community, it is um, very popular with the community. So what, what, do you, what kind of things do you study in here? Um, well, I mean, over on the board, we've got like aquaculture and even agriculture exploration and wildlife management. Like we'll do anything that involves anything to do with agriculture from fish to the tiniest little plant in the world. Like we do every single thing. And it's honestly it broadens a lot of kids' horizons. How so? How does it, how does it broaden kids what they're, what they're looking at doing for a life? Oftentimes kids come in from middle school or their lower grades and they have not, they've done their core classes, their math, their reading, their history, and they come into, they can come into an agriculture class and really broaden their world horizons and see careers that they may want to go into and advance in their next life, I guess. So are any of you guys farm kids? I mean, do you, have you grown up, are you? Yes, yeah. sir. So you're not a farm kid? No. So why are you here? There's just so many other things, like you don't hack, actually have to deal with the animals. You could, there's so many things that like farmers and ranchers need 
so like egg sales is a is one that I do where you're selling farmers a product and so that's really helpful for me and I I enjoy that so all right what's the best thing about towns in high school Miss Lockery yeah. Our advisor. Okay. Oh, oh no! Now you so so you guys kiss up in, in Townsend too, then, huh? Just like other every other school. No, what do you love about being here in this place? So I have lived in Townsend for a long time, but we ended up moving to East Helena. But my biggest issue was I really wanted to stay in this community. Townsend's just a great small school where everybody knows everybody, and we can really be flexible as of what we want to do and maybe what we want to excel in. How many kids in your classes um, on average? Probably around like for my grade I think we have like 50 kids in my grade so there's usually like per class 20 kids in each class. So. Okay. So what I mean you don't have a mall you don't have a movie theater you don't have all those things that, you know, kids in rural or in, in, in more urban areas have. So what do you do for fun? Honestly, most of the time, like, everybody ha seems to have some sort of place or property. So you just kind of, like, meet up with people and go and drive around and just, like, mess around. And you get to be outside all the time. So you don't have to, like, worry about, you know, going to the mall and seeing people that you don't know. <laughs> So your mall is just bigger than the malls in there. <laughs> yeah, our mall is the, is the field. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have purses and stuff like that out there. No, we just have cows. <laughs> <laughs> so what what would people do you think what do you think people misunderstand about rural life? I feel like Yellowstone gives them kind of a false idea or TV shows like that where it's just like getting up in the morning, getting on a horse. It's this glorious, glamorous lifestyle. You've got a dress on. There's a flowing breeze. You come home to a nice million-dollar house. Like, that ain't reality at all. No, you're out in the morning at like 4 in the morning trying to, in the freezing cold, you know, feeding cows so that they don't die. Like, there's a lot more to it than just coming and like riding your horse for fun. You have to work and bring it to your home you know it's your whole life so do, what do you guys do for a living what does your parents do so we live we're fifth generation ranchers on our place um and we've just ranched all the time like that's that's what we do so i noticed a bunch of calves being born right now is this one of the calving seasons because some people do it like that yeah this is the main calving season probably like end of january to march or april so do you guys want to take over the ranch someday yeah, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Why? Um, I've just seen my grandpa. He's oh, He spends his whole life here, and it's his whole passion. Same with my dad. And, I mean, you work with it every single day, and you get a passion for it. Just bringing those calves to life and watching them grow through the whole year and then eventually making a profit off of them, it, it's definitely like the whole – it's what your whole world goes around. So I want to be able to bring that into my world, I guess. Is it hard work? <laughs> yes, up, if you're up early and down late every day. So, yeah. <laughs> so, dumb question. How do you keep the little calves warm right now? Straw. Straw, um, barns. barns, warming boxes, uh, towels, anything you can really use. <laughs> so, are they still being born? Yep. Yep. Yeah, we've what, had four this morning alone, so, and then tonight we'll have a bunch more. So, yeah. Okay, so what are the things you don't ask? people in Montana or you don't tell people in Montana I think you already came up with one 
Do, is it like Yellowstone? <laughs> <laughs> is that the dumbest one where you go, eh, foreigner? Yes. I think a big one is uh, people think that Montanans really don't ever make it out and be very successful since we're so small and we don't have many people. But um, I think that's one thing that I really don't like because as a small town, you can learn so much more and be, um, you know, broaden those horizons even larger than you would get in a large public school. So we can make it out. We just don't have many people, so we're not on the big headlines. And do you want to make it out? Yes and no. I don't want to make it out because um, I feel like Montana's really small and it's a great community overall. It's, it's not just a small town that's the community. It's the whole state. Everyone knows everybody. Not really, but we do. <laughs> what does that mean? Everybody, I know she said it, but I'm going to ask you. What does that mean? Everybody knows everybody, but we don't, but we do. Um, well, it seems like in a lot of other schools, there's just so many people. And uh, it seems like a lot of like their classmates are strangers to them. And here, like you know every single person. So what do you want to do when you grow up? You guys want to be ranchers. What do you want to do? So my main goal is to become a large animal veterinarian. Um, I work at a vet clinic right now, and I've been getting a little bit of a restricted apprenticeship type deal with that. So, What about you, my man? <laughs> I'm not really sure yet. Right now I've been exploring egg business and just looking down that route and see, seeing how that would go. Yeah, so like for FFA, I mean, it's not just anybody like in ag you can there's so many like events and different competitions that you can be in like we do livestock judging and veterinarian science and ag sales and creed speaking like there's it varies from speaking to skills to anything really and there's a lot of doors that it opens for people who don't really know that they can speak until they try it and so it definitely broadens your horizons and like makes you more comfortable with everything you do so tell me about the big event this Saturday so it's our annual egg appreciation dinner. We co-host it with the Broadwater County Conservation District. We um, have some headliners coming in. Steve Danes is speaking and the Lieutenant Governor is speaking, along with some other minor speakers. There's a big silent auction as well and a happy hour. It's just a good community and we get um, people from surrounding counties and different communities come and all together and celebrate agriculture and have a good evening. So how do people find out about that and get tickets? Um, we have it. Honestly, today for my third period, we drove around and went to businesses and offered to sell them tickets. But um, we have it posted on like our um, on our social media pages, and we have people telling other people about it. Like our families are buying tickets, our neighbors buy tickets, and it's just get out there. Wait, so you got a state senator, you got a state senator and the lieutenant governor to come to you. I mean, you guys are kind of heavy hitters here. <laughs> I mean, what 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 are you guys doing here? That's the only way you can get it is just to ask. I mean, if they say no, what's the worst that can happen? Just lucky that said yes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the worst that can happen? I love that <laughs> soundbite she said. And actually, she's not a state senator. Uh, senator Danes is a U.S. senator. He has a taped message that he's sending, and the lieutenant governor of Montana will be there to speak as well. Um, <clears throat> we'll be back in just a minute with uh, the ag teacher at Broadwater High School talking about the future of farming in America. Um, I think that's a, a real concern for people as lands getting bought and, and eaten up by development. 
Uh, we'll talk with her about that. But first, our other sponsor, Dr. Michael Bratlin. Now, I know he's a Eugene dentist, but we went to his hygienist and she gave us some tips. And I have, I, I'm not kidding you, I have changed the way that I brush my teeth. So this is a short little video, but watch this because it really, I mean, I'm really doing it differently now. I'm thinking about this. Watch. And joining me now is Liz Maxson. She's a dental hygienist for Dr. Bratlin at Chris Dental Family Dentistry and Denture Center. What are the three top issues you see um, that people could, that we could easily stop doing um, that would help with our dental hygiene? Most of the time we brush too quickly. So I would say, not brushing long enough, but brushing too fast is probably the number one issue I see because when we brush too fast, we don't really have enough time. The brush doesn't have enough time to get in there and clean all of those surfaces really well. I, I like to tell patients that it should almost be kind of relaxing. It's almost like a meditative thing. You know, we should really be slowing down, taking our time, starting on one side and very slowly working our way to the other side. So joining us now, Gemma Lockery, uh, the agriculture teacher at Broadwater High School. And after seeing those students, um, you have to be very proud. I am, I really am. You, so tell people that there's a resurgence um, in a, a popularity of future farmers of America all over the nation. And which I, I think that's surprising news to people because we always see the headline saying is how Farms or family farms are going away. Bigger farms are coming in, and and it makes you feel like that. Uh, you know, and I know it is difficult for family farms. But what are you seeing in terms of future farmers of America? Nationally, we have the highest number of student participants that we've ever had. We have over eight hundred and fifty thousand members in all fifty states, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands. So, in terms of who's involved, it's everyone urban, rural, we're all working towards problems. Do you think the people are starting to understand more what a big, um, ag takes up, I mean, forestry, uh, you know, food, gardening, um, you know, there's grass seed growing, cattle ranching. I mean, it's, it's, it's basically our food. Well, you said it the other day when we were talking food fiber and give me that line. I, I want to hear that one. Yeah, yeah. The definition of agriculture is the production of food, fiber, and natural resources. Uh, so yeah, all those things are considered agriculture, but something that also falls under the umbrella of agriculture is sales, is marketing, is the product processing. It's not just growing in the field, harvesting our animal products. It's all that value added. I mean, anything that you look at in your room, in your house, it's going to have a tie to agriculture. So are, is, it, is it harder for family farms? I mean, here in, in, in Broadwater County, a lot of the kids, many of the kids we talked with there, um, they, they're part of fifth and sixth generation farms. I would say most of our farms are family run farms, even in the state and the country. Um, they, you know, we kind of get a bad rap with company, large companies. Corporate or, farmers. Right business makes sense to kind of go in go into a corporation with your family to run multiple acres of produce so how nervous are people in 
Broadwater County and Montana about um, foreign entities. And I didn't talk to you about this yesterday, but, but others coming in and buying up land and creating, uh, you know, these posh resorts and, you know, we can look the, near the crazy mountains. It's happening. Uh, you can look all over, and it's getting. Um, even Nolan in our tractor ride said, "Town's starting to come out too close that I can't drive on the highway anymore." <laughs> right, right. Um, I think everywhere is kind of seeing that growth, that urban sprawl. Right, everyone wants a piece of this paradise type thing. Um, so yeah, it's encouraging our population to creep into what was historically agriculture-based land. Um, so that just adds to the issue of how do we feed our 9.7 billion people on the planet with less resources and less land to do so kind of creates a harrowing project for our kids to figure out because we're not going to be here forever. And those kids that we're teaching now are going to be the ones that are solving the problems that we create today. Do you feel like that's part of what Future Farmers of America is doing because of you're your getting both urban in-town kids and also out, you know, out farm kids? Yeah, you're bridging that gap through a program like FFA. So what to tell folks, because you were kind of telling me uh, here in Broadwater County, you've done some pretty not well. I'll say you've guided some children into doing some pretty amazing things. I'm taking the credit away from you because you'll That's you'll good. just you'll give it away anyway. I um, do, I do. But, but they've done some pretty. For a little county like this, they've made some pretty big strides. Yeah. So in 2015, we started the agricultural education program here at the school, which allows us to have an FFA program. They're hand in hand. You can't have FFA without ag ed and a good program shouldn't have the ag ed in school without an FFA program. So they work hand in hand together. Um, since I've been here, so about eight years, I'll finish up my eighth year here with this, with this chapter, we've gone to nationals four times. Wow. The first time we went was in 2017. I had a student that were competing on an agricultural sales career development event. Uh, so to move on to nationals, you have to win first in the state. And so we have about a hundred chapters in the state of Montana, but nationally, like there are thousands of chapters that these right. kids go up against that first year um, with egg sales, they won seventh in the nation. Uh, so these brand new chapter, you know, second year in kids were really gung ho to try things out and they just did a really great job. I thought, wow, it can't get much better than this. Well, the next year, they, uh, we worked with some community members and had a great livestock evaluation team. That livestock evaluation team went to nationals, and they won third in the nation. And this wow. is the highest uh, Montana team has ever scored at nationals. And because they ranked so high, they actually were extended an invitation to attend Scotland and Ireland, um, where they could judge livestock internationally. Wow. So it was a, a huge feat for them and fun for me to take kids internationally. Um, since then, we've had two parliamentary procedure career development events, and they've been at nationals to compete and ended up in the silver division there. So we've had some really successful stories with our students, um, and it's fun to see that passion and excitement and work ethic put into something where they can show their skills. 
What do you think best describes um, your ag program? For Because I met a bunch of kids in there who are not farm kids uh, when we were yeah. there the other day. Um, and that you, you're giving them a chance to explore different options and keep ag alive, which I think is super important. Right. As... As I talked about urban sprawl, right, our cities are expanding into agriculture land. And so we're losing some of that hands-on experience. We're getting further and further away from the farm and going out and collecting the chicken eggs from the chicken coop that your egg or that your hens laid that morning, right? There's, there's some of that disconnect. And if you ask even kids in our school district, where does chocolate milk come from? They're going to tell you brown cows until wow. they have some more experience because they haven't had that one-on-one -on -one experience. So even though we're small towns in, and we've got agriculture all around us, we still have some of those misconceptions. And hopefully this program is changing their, their viewpoint. I mean, even those kids who have grown up around it and are fifth and sixth generation, there's still a different lens that they can take from this class so even the quote unquote experts can have a different perspective or different viewpoints to change how they're doing stuff at home to raise the animals that they love to be a part of. Why is that reconnect from the disconnect so important? My job as an agriculture educator is to inform consumers to be, you know, informed. They have to be able to find what that quality product is, weed through marketing of what should be good and what should be bad, right? And, and, and not fall prey to, to all the wonderful messages that are out there that might sway people without the science or, or the knowledge behind it to really make that difference. You know, my wife has started the master gardening class and she said there was like 28 people there last night and they're full. I mean, mm -hmm. So is, do you think there's this resurgence in people that, and I'm not dissing Costco, I love Costco, but it's like, yeah, you know, but, but that we need to know, we want to grow our own food. We want to be, there, there's a, there's something in us that wants to go back to understanding where our food comes from. And it's not a box that says craft on it. There's definitely that movement, right? People want to be closer. We want to shop locally, support like community supported agriculture programs that your neighbors are growing food and shipping to you once a week. Like that's a way to support your community that are growing these, these food that you know you want, but you're sourcing it from a location that you know is, is raised well and maybe has the same values as you. So what do you hope for your kids in your class when they walk out of there? Um, when they're done, what's your, what's your big hope for them as a teacher? <laughs> Depends on the unit. Um, I teach six different classes a day and my units range from public speaking to welding, to growing plants in our greenhouse, to taking field trips, to shear sheep, to like, we are all across the board. If you can think of anything, we're going to find a way to apply it to agriculture and these kids can practice it. So my hope is that kids are willing to step outside of their comfort zone, try something new, find something that they're passionate about. Because when I was in high school, I did not think that I was going to love to weld. But when I tried it in high school, I started to get the steps I needed to fall in love with a skill that I didn't even know was something that I could enjoy. And so I hope that I provide that for my students.
And don't you think that we're, we learned during the pandemic um, that the important jobs, <laughs> and I'm not dissing college professors, but they're the easiest to pick on. We need less PhD and I need a lot more electricians and plumbers and people who can weld and all those journeyman kind of skills with family pay wage jobs. I need more of those people. They became the, the valuable employees and I didn't need another sociology professor in my world. I am really passionate about career and technical education. Agriculture falls under that umbrella. Here in Townsend, we also have business, we have family and consumer sciences, and we have industrial technology. Um, and the, all four of us create career and technical education. So skills that students learn in those classes can actually be applied in the real world job scene that are concrete, tactile skills that they can use in their future. And so I'm super passionate about creating a space that it's okay to send our kids to trade schools and to become the six-figure electrician compared to the teacher with a college degree that might not make that much. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's important that those skilled trades are there. I have students, past students, that have gone on to create their own business that are working on a national level that are bringing in six figures. And they're just a couple years out of high school because they chose a tra trade to go into. So biggest misconception you think that people have about rural Montana? This is just personal <laughs> stuff, just for fun. <laughs> I would say that it's, you know, boring, quote unquote. Right? Okay, that's what people think it's boring. You're not saying, I want to make sure, I don't want audience people go. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's all sorts of things to do. But like my cousins, for example, who live more urban, their idea of fun or getting to know people is to go out to clubs, right? Go out on the town. And to me, like my husband and I, that is not the scene. Like we would rather load the kids up in the truck, grab a, grab a gun and go shoot the gophers, right? Like that's, that's our type of fun. And those that can see that there's other ways to enjoy your time and the people that you're with, Montana is the place to be but shh, don't tell anybody else that. I know. You know what I like to remind people? It's extreme here. You yeah. Know? You know I what the mean, temperature is today? <laughs> well, counting the wind chill on my little weather meter, it was below zero. <laughs> last, night it, last night it was minus 35. And Welcome it, and to it, Montana. <laughs> and it felt like it. And here's what's funny, Gemma, is my son, uh, one of them lives in Livingston, Montana. So they had eight inches of snow. My other son lives in Portland, Oregon. They had mm. 10 inches of snow and he got stuck on the other side of Portland. And here we are. I was going to say it snowed there today. Yeah. And here we are in Townsend with sunshine coming out right now. It's colder than heck, but um, we're in this little banana belt. But sure. people, should, people shouldn't move here, though. No. No. No, they don't need to. Um, so tell real quick, tell people there's you're having a big banquet. The kids already kind of talked a little bit about it, but how do they get a hold of you guys uh, if they want to get involved? And, and even outside the banquet of getting involved in FFA. Great. Um, we have social media on both Instagram and Facebook. We're Broadwater FFA. Uh, we have a great reporter this year that keeps our uh, couple of our newspapers in line with articles 
almost every other week just to show what we do. Uh, we have an alumni and supporters group. So you did not have to participate in FFA in high school to become a part of this group. Okay. Um, but you can send any inquiries that you have uh, to my number at the school or my email. And if it's all right with you, I can send you that link. I'm happy to share that contact information. If you want to know more about what our kids are doing, we'd love to see you there. Um, this Saturday, though, we have uh, an egg appreciation dinner that is put on by the Conservation District here in Broadwater County. And we are so grateful that we get to have a silent auction. Uh, kids put in a lot of work talking to businesses and getting donations, but then they also handcraft a lot of their own items as well. Um, and it's our biggest fundraiser of the year to have that silent auction and the egg community come together on this one big event. And so that information they can also get on the Broadwater County FFA Facebook or Instagram page. Yep. Um, essentially, it's this Saturday. Uh, from five on, we have a cash bar, prime rib dinner. We'll have people like the Lieutenant Governor um, and Senator Danes speaking via video uh, to come in and, and chat with our egg community and just show support for this great group of people who are out in that negative 32 degree weather checking caps. In the morning. Gemma Lockery. <laughs> yeah. Gemma Lockery, thank you so much for what you do. I was impressed with your kids and your school and all that you guys are doing. And I intend to do more shows on that just because I think it shows people some really interesting things. And I think we all need to kind of be coming together and this is a good way to do it. I agree. Come by anytime. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Again, so you can get that information on there for uh, the FFA website and more. Uh, if you'd share this on your page, that'd be really helpful. As you know, Facebook's being kind of a stinker to me right now. Imagine that. <laughs> and I want to thank our sponsors, Fairway Independent Mortgage Company. Greg Hinkle couldn't do it without people like you. Montana Oral Surgery and Dental Implant Center could not do this without you. And Dr. Michael Bratlin from Chris Dental Family Dentistry in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, we couldn't do it without you as well. All right, that's it. I'm going to post this and uh, share it around. Wasn't that fun to just see good people? All right, good night.